From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Philip from Customify. Philip, it's really nice to have you on. Brad, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited for our discussion today, and it'll be a it'll be a great one. To kick us off, tell me a bit about yourself, like who you are, as well as your company, and what you guys are doing. Yeah, I'm the founder of Customify, and Customify is a customer success platform. We have mostly SaaS businesses, also some other transaction-based businesses, but mostly SaaS businesses, yeah, to retain their customers, reduce churn, and to have a effective CS operations running that scales well over time. Nice. So what's your story? How did you get into this, into this space and this niche and all? Yeah, good question. So I was actually in IT security for 20 years before, so quite a different field. Nevertheless, during that time, I had a chance to meet several other SaaS companies, the leadership teams precisely of those. And yeah, in those conversations, it very often, and I have to be honest, it was like 10 years ago, right? So customer success certainly was had a different priority and was differently presumed by the industry. But back then, it was clear that there was a huge mismatch in between the investments, in between tools, in between humans, in between what people knew, between customer acquisition on one hand and customer retention on the other, as in everybody knew like we have this and this tools, this marketing campaigns, this PPC, the customer acquisition cost is X, Y, Z. But then when you ask that question, okay, what do you do once they signed up and what do you do once they paid you the first month? Yeah. We sent them some newsletters. <laughs> you know, there was a clear, there was a clear mismatch, and that made me actually look into. Okay, let's assume I have a SaaS company. What would I actually use? So I looked out, and there wasn't much that I would use as, let's say, a growing SaaS company, not an enterprise business, but a growing SaaS company. There wasn't many options for me out there, and that was the initial story why we actually started with Castify. Nice, I love it. So when it comes to growing a company, what advice do you have for others out there? What are maybe some tactics, some strategies? I'm sure customer success has been one of them that you've used to grow this company. It is. Customer success definitely is one. First of all, it probably depends on the path that you have as a founder or founder team. So can you, do you have the ability to run that self-funded and be profitable and sell something from day one. Not everybody can, and not every product slash industry is actually allowing you to do that, or it does, but it, there's different price tags assigned to, to those. Specifically in B2B, where we were or where we are home, this is definitely taking you longer um, versus in a B2C environment, as in trust on the company and so forth, until you can make your first paying customers. Yeah, what we did in the beginning was we talked to many people, and this is also my biggest advice in actually for almost any business problem, you have to talk to people, right? People know better, people have problems, people will talk to you, people are willing to share that with you. We talked to hundreds of customer success managers as we future users of Castify about their day-to-day, -day, about their challenges, about how would they solve certain things. Not just does that give you insights for your marketing and your they literally tell you what you put on your website as in the pains that people have, but it also gives you the foundation for your product. And 
you can change your marketing manage messages. You can change your sales approach. You can hardly change your product pivoting. The product is very expensive and most of the times in slight directions possible, but there's many examples where probably people tried and failed because it's too expensive, right? So the good foundation that you need to build there, architecture-wise, feature-wise, be able to quickly adopt new requirements down the road and to be able to scale down the road. I think those are, this is the most important part. And yeah, talk to those people. What we used on top, of course, SEO from day one. So besides building a great product, we also focused on being visible out there, not just visible with some like content that, yeah, short form content or something that you, that you think ranks well, but really content that the target audience needs as, and it really helps them to solve a problem and you will be top of mind. And yes, of course, it's a long-term game, but you play the long-term game anyway, if you are in a SaaS and specifically in a B2B SaaS. So it's worth investing in that. That's what we did. Building a great product, SEO, word of mouth, of course, making sure that you have proper referral programs in your, in your customer base. For sure. And what are some lessons learned? What are the biggest learnings in building this company? I would say nothing, nothing is at is as easy as it looks in the beginning and, or as others might make seem it, and I might make it here at this podcast, right? But also everything typically takes longer than you think, but this is okay. So I think if you stay persistent, you will succeed. So this is also one of the lessons learned. Um, things take longer, things are more complex than you think it is, but it's okay. And just stick with it and then you will be successful. Absolutely. And let's talk about LinkedIn. You have quite a few followers on LinkedIn. What led you to that decision to grow your following there? And how does that play into some of the companies? So LinkedIn is a similar channel like your SEO, meaning if you, it's a distribution channel, not just that, but it's also a, a more personal way of getting in touch with the, with your audience. I'm trying to share as much as I can that really helps that audience, right? So if we have new research or if we have a new ebook about the certain topics that I know will help the audience, of course, I'm trying to share that with them. To be honest with you, I didn't particularly do something to grow the audience there. This just happened over time, right? If you're active in certain LinkedIn groups, while there is certainly some improvement visible in those as an engagement. If you are speaking to those people frequently, then you will automatically grow your audience. Of course, also that simply takes time, just like SEO. But if you, for example, have talked to make, make it a daily requirement that you talk to new people in the target audience every day, you will naturally expand your network. You will naturally learn more. People recommend other people to talk to and so forth. I didn't do any specific hacks or something to grow my audience there. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you feel that it's overall contributed to what you're doing as a company, help win new customers and new business and all that stuff? I would say it overall adds to the adds to the awareness. That's for sure true. And as as mostly true in businesses, there's not just the one thing that will make you succeed, at least for at least this is true for us, but it is a good contribution besides all the other channels that we do, besides the webinars, besides yeah, education content and so forth. What's one of the most difficult challenges you faced in building this company and how have you overcome it? I think the initial traction in a B2B environment is very hard. So you are like a, I don't know, three, four people team. So who's going to trust you? Is Olga going to write you a check? That is one of the things if you go in a B2B environment, we just keep pushing through it and it got easier every year, but you really must stay persistent. You must adopt your 
pricing, you must adopt your product, your sales process, your marketing, the entire company, actually, constantly during that time, during that journey, because you will start selling to other prospects in your first year versus your fifth or sixth year. Absolutely. And what's one thing you wish you would have known when you first started this company and became CEO that you know now? That's a good question. I would say that everything happens for a reason and in the end, it's going to be okay. I love it. And there will be many challenges <laughs> that you have to overcome. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of related to that, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be and how would it change things? Start now. That would be like the advice, like start earlier, really start now. There's no reason to wait. Love it. And can you describe a time when you had to pivot strategy and how do you go about making that decision, how to go all that stuff? I would say we, we had the luxury of not having to pivot if pivot means really to turn around dramatically for 90 or even 180 degrees, that was definitely was not the case for us. But this adoption that I mentioned before, as in price, as in sales strategy, as in how, which, who do we sell to and so forth, your channels that you sell, these for sure have changed over time or have involved over time. But I wouldn't call that a pivot. So we had probably the luxury to not have to pivot our strategy into a completely different direction. Yeah, that's great. If you could offer a piece of advice to your industry as a whole, so think like your customer base or potential customers out there, what would it be and why? As we deal with a lot of SaaS companies out there, I would really say the earlier you start collecting data as you are a SaaS, you can collect data and not just collect data, but you can collect data in a proper manner. That means make sure that your systems are interconnectable. You have unique identifiers across them that you can connect them with each other. Your CRM, your ticketing system, your payment gateway, your accounting system, and later on your customer success platform. You will benefit if you do that, if you do that from the earlier, the better, because later on it's going to be very painful. The later you start with this, it's the more painful it is. And data is important in any kind of domain, specifically in customer success within a SaaS, because you want to know who you need to focus on and you want to know why. And this is only possible if you have underlying data. So data is important for customer success. And when it comes to gathering that data, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, it sounds like. Definitely. I love that. Philip, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. It's much appreciated. It was a pleasure to be here. Absolutely.